this a moment in we perceive this as the last day, the ending of the retreat. <coughs> Remember that's a that's the convention what begins say on the beginning of the retreat, what begins must end. So even even remembering this helps us to see it in terms of Dhamma. This is what we mean by Dhamma. The way things are, what begins, ends. We started with reflecting on what the, the feeling or the attitude that we have about beginning, starting, uh, looking forward to the, the sense of beginning something, the arising is a certain way, a certain attitude, a certain mood of the mind. And we notice, we're just, we're, we're bringing attention to, to the way it is, to the feeling and the, the, the sense of expectation or dread or whatever you felt at the beginning. And then the end is this way. It's now a memory, isn't it? The retreat over the past week is now a memory that you you might have in the present. When we reflect on Dhamma, this is what I mean, we're, we're seeing the Dhamma of it rather than whether it personally we enjoyed it, didn't, uh, whether it, you know, the, the personal reactions, emotional reactions, memories that we have, we can at least put them in that perspective of Dhamma in moments of our lives, it, it helps us to to see it as it really is, rather than as we feel and react and and uh, think and complicate things with with just the confused emotional states or loves or hates that that we might be having. So even like, like, love or hate can be <clears throat> reflected on. You can notice it when we feel love, liking, attraction, or we feel aversion, resentment. To see it in terms of dhamma is, is, is to be able to to put it in that objective position the Buddha seeing the Dhamma, awareness, aware of it as, a, as an emotional fee, uh, reaction, as a, as a feeling that we have, a mood in the present that began, that, ar- that has arisen and will cease. Coming together on the 11th of September, I mean from many different places all over the world coming together here at this one place in this room and then today the what has come together will separate this is seeing the Dhamma of it now the personal feelings are such that we we if we've come together and then the sense of separation if we if we've uh, had a uh, 
a sense of of uh, appreciation or liking to be with each other or being here, then then the uh, then the attitude of separation is, has always a sense of of sadness to it, having to separate from what you like or love. Notice that that uh, I notice just in little things like when you're the way one says goodbye to somebody that you like and you, you, you've enjoyed their company and then, then you have to say goodbye and there's always a sense, I uh, always feel this not wanting to really say goodbye, it's more like saying see you again or and that kind of feeling of we'll meet again. You don't want to say goodbye forever or goodbye maybe we'll never see each other ever again or a kind of just a terse uh, goodbye. Sometimes we, one hangs around kind of says, well, you know, we'll meet again next year or this, this, is, this is a way of maybe emotionally dealing with the, uh, the sadness of separation. You can see the Dhamma of it is just a natural experience of our human state, not a kind of personal neurosis. Because we, the modern life, we tend to make make these things into kind of like, well, you know, I get so attached to people that that it's always hard for me to leave them, and it's you know, it's my weakness, and I'm got this terrible kind of neurotic problem, which is not, it's just the way things are. It's not, don't, don't think it's something you shouldn't be feeling, it's something you can observe and see as terms of Dhamma. See it in, in the context of truth, other than of the, the assumptions and delusions around being a person. The meditation of samatha practice, where we concentrate the mind, control things, is uh, look at that like an exercise. It's something to, like you would do physical exercises in order to give your body some strength and good health. Samatha practices like mental calisthenics, or mental training, concentrate the mind to uh, put it on an object and sustain. Then Vipassana is the insight practice of looking into the nature of things, seeing the impermanence the anicca, dukkha, anatta, using those three characteristics as uh, tools to to observe the form and the way things are, as we say, are conscious, and that through con- that we experience through consciousness, through our consciousness and the feeling. <clears throat> the pleasure, the pain 
the happiness, the suffering, praise and blame, success and failure that is part of our human experience. Things like success, you know, if somebody praises you and you you win the the prize, you make lots of money and the kind of successes of our lives, we can when we put them in terms of Dhamma, we're aware that this is this is the way it feels when when somebody says you're you're wonderful and uh, and you win a prize or you're acclaimed it feels this way and we can see the dhamma of it of of the the pleasant sounding words the acclamation the the acclaim the accolades that we are receiving it feels this way We can observe, uh, you know, that we we putting it in, as uh, in, through vipassana meditation into the the kind of reaction, emotional reaction, or the way it feels. Not making critical comments about it, but just noticing, witnessing, observing, feeling it. Being you know, you're still you're feeling it, but there's also a part of you that is observing this, that that's seeing it uh, without being uh, becoming lost in it or just lost in the reactions to it. Like if somebody praises you and says you're wonderful, how do you feel? And you feel uh, like if I should choose one of you right now to say all kinds of wonderful things about you. (laughs) And if you're English, you'd probably be terribly embarrassed. (laughs) If you're American, you'd probably think, well, at least somebody realizes. But one can observe that. This is how the, maybe we're being publicly acclaimed or praised. One can feel embarrassed or kind of, and yet it's, it's certainly there's a certainly pleasant enough, but also the, the emotional reaction might be embarrassment or feeling I don't dare enjoy this. <clears throat> you know, I. It depends on how you culturally conditioned you are. You think, well, oh, I shouldn't enjoy this. <clears throat> and to to note that kind of emotional reaction is just enough. Not, you know, not to to think there's anything wrong with it, but to know it for what it is. It's this way. And that will help to to uh, resolve these, uh, not to not make problems around the way you feel or your emotional uh, 
tendencies, not to, not trying to, to pass judgment, but to resolve them, let them go, not, not, uh, not uh, think that there's anything that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be feeling the way we are, but to even, even that feeling of, well, I shouldn't feel this way, is something to see in terms of Dhamma. So the, this uh, reflectiveness, the impermanence of a feeling, and, and to see and to, to be with the impermanence of it is, is to accept it and to, to allow it to be the way it is. Then the self-view comes in of, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be this way, or why do I have to feel like this, or why do I have to react like that, and, and the, the, this sense of, of it being mine, and how it should, or how I should or shouldn't be. Uh, notice the feeling that that comes from, this sense of a self, self-consciousness, the assumptions that you have, that you are uh, this kind of, person, personality. If somebody criticizes you, notice the, the, uh, the emotional reaction to, to being criticized, whether it's fair or unfair. It's a way of, of say, using the flow of your life more for reflection and uh, not, you know, not uh, we need to use the, even the, the unpleasant or unfortunate or unfairness of life to, to use it for Dhamma practice is a, is a much better attitude, a useful attitude than to uh, just feel resentful or indignant uh, because of the being unfairly criticized, or even fairly criticized, if it's being, we've done something, we aren't doing something properly, and somebody says, you know, you, you're not doing your duty, you should, you know, do better than this, and you can feel, you know, the feelings that arise from being admonished, being corrected. It's very important to see the, this, to not to just notice this because we can really um, kind of grow up and get beyond just reactiveness and hurt feelings and being offended by this uh, experience. This uh, <clears throat> praise and blame is is uh, you know praise is uh, very, very pleasant. Blame is unpleasant. That's the way it is. Unless you've got some kind of quirky tendencies, uh, being blamed for something or criticized usually is unpleasant. But It's not because uh, of, uh, that there's anything wrong with you. That's just the, the when somebody says you're, I don't like the way you do this, and 
I don't like the way you do that and you you know you've got all these faults and uh, I'm very much aware of them and uh, this is this is what is this uh, as a as an experience is is it can be quite painful and quite hurtful and that's the way it is then the uh, praising where you say you're wonderful you're really you know great talent wonderful meditator you know you're really uh, one of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> You're an Olympic champion in the, in the full lotus posture. <laughs> but the transcendence then is in, in awareness of these, of the, the happiness uh, that, that one, emotional happiness from praise and the feelings of being hurt or offended through criticism. So in your lives, when you, when you see that you have a ability to just use th these experiences more and more in terms of vipassana meditation, of seeing it in, in that as dhamma, uh, when you begin to appreciate that, then you're not so you're not going to dread it so much, or or you're not going to linger in hurt feelings or or being offended by criticisms. And therefore, you won't always have to always. You won't feel you'll always be seeking praise or acceptance or uh, from from others. You won't. You won't. Uh, you'll break through the need to to be accepted and and uh, affirmed that you're worth something. When you when you put when you begin to appreciate the dharma of it and and uh, no longer um, be deluded or caught up and overwhelmed by praise and blame. So in this way we, we learn to, to use the, the way life is, the characters we have. This is the handful of leaves, uh, this is the equipment that that we have to to practice the Dhamma, right? this, the way we are, the, this body that we have and the characters that we have, the, the tendencies, the inclinations, the karma we've made, whatever it is, then is, is, is our path through, through putting it in the proper perspective of Dhamma. We get beyond, we transcend the conditions of it. So transcendence in this respect is, 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 is mindfulness. It's when there's mindfulness there's a transcendence of it. And that's what, it's not like, a, a, I've said last night, it's not a kind of cold uh, indifference to, to the worldly conditions. It's it's a it's a more a warm acceptance and understanding. It's, we're in a universal system that is is uh, is loving, and isn't it? It's our when we just see it in nature, just uh, not only among human beings, but 
one of the kind of touching things we see is the way uh, mother uh, female animals uh, take care of their kittens or puppies or young. Isn't it? That's, that's natural for them, isn't it? They're not just, it's not personal. It's a natural uh, law there of, of, of love that is, that is and uh, nurturing and caring uh, that is very much necessary for the life and procreation and continuance of life. We also see the, the other side, the kind of evil side of just destruction, violence, brutality, insensitivity, the power, the kind of the tendency to use power to, to control and destroy. <clears throat> that the universe we live in has both forces operating kind of compassion, loving, uniting tendency, and then the other, it's the separative, destructive tendency, and the yin and yang, or the, the uh, male and female. And transcendence of those is, is not uh, is, is, is not denial, but understanding, where these forces, these, uh, these, this dualism is seen as complementary rather than opposed. Because like, like in your, when you're just in uh, meditation, and you're, you have to, to, to compose the mind is one thing, isn't it? One ability to concentrate, and then to sustain attention on, say, on the breath. I mean, put your attention on the breath. You have to use effort, you have to bring attention. To the breath, and to sustain it. Isn't, you can't, you don't want to use the same effort to sustain just because that's just will, you know, it doesn't work. But sustaining is more the the caring side, isn't it? The, of of loving the breath, of nurturing the breath, kind of more on the female side, of of, of totally accepting and and uh, caring for the breath, the sustaining one's attention on it. They from the beginning to the end of each inhalation, exhalation. So you have these, uh, the passive, the active, passive, the, the um, compassionate, the compassion and wisdom, the, the um, aggressive in forces in the uh, peaceful ones working in harmony. They're complementary, they're mutually supportive. And then the suffering is through the imbalance of these, when, we, when, we, when, the, when one becomes uh, out of heedlessness and, 
and ignorance, then one side becomes dominant and then it then there's the suffering as a result. Taking masculinity, femininity in extremity, isn't it like the if, if if a man is too masculine, then uh, then he is uh, oftentimes powerful, but without sensitivity, not very not caring or nurturing or or very sensitive, but maybe very powerful, like the kind of athletes or weightlifters, people like that. <laughs> Enormously impressive, powerful figures, but but one wouldn't one would be surprised if they were very sensitive about things. Because power is has its place in nature, but it's also uh, if if that's what we're that's what our interest is and what we identify with, it's it makes us insensitive. We we we're not we're not receptive to the flow of life or the way things are. We merely using power to get what we want and control things. They the the opposite a woman that's too feminine is it tends to be just so uh, kind of emotional and 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 uh, and because of that, just uh, her life is. Is dealing with his feelings all the time, up and down emotionally, all over the place. Because uh, that she's feeling, her feeling, she's so receptive in feeling that she's that uh, that all she can do is just kind of float in a realm of of feelings and that 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 impinge on her, that affect her. So that that they say these are. They're taking masculinity as as a as a symbol for power, strength, and and femininity as a symbol for a sensitivity and uh, loving, caring, and in extremity they seem kind of polarized. One, they, we they seem. That they, you know, they don't, they don't fit together. They're just uh, opposites in terms of 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 the mind of a comparison. Uh, we see them only in that linear stance of of polarization. Then transcending those, they for. For men, they a, a male to to observe the the power, uh, the the powerful form. The male body itself is a, is a power form in nature. It's it's that's the way it's made. That's its that's its uh, function in nature. It's a gra- naturally aggressive and powerful formation. It's not a nurturing condition. Uh, men, you know, kind of, you know, when I, see, I don't know what it's like to have a womb, 
or breasts. I can't imagine suckling a child. This, the whole idea of it just does not appeal to me at all. <laughs> I don't have the equipment for it. And if I did, then it probably would feel very different. It would be, you know, it would, if I had a, a woman's body, then that, that, that kind of condition would affect my mind. There'd be different feelings uh, aroused and different inclinations. Don't know what it's like to have menstrual period every month. No, men don't understand that at all. It's just completely outside their experience. But women do. So that's part of a woman's karma and uh, what, how she, she regards herself in the, in the uh, the way things are for her. So in reflection on the masculine feminine we you know we, we have the we, we have the, this kind of equipment so we reflect on it in terms of Dhamma the way it is but in that reflection and understanding it's a transcendence of it we're not bound to to identifying with these conditions. through understanding and through uh, wise reflection, we, we transcend the conditions themselves, which is not rejection or, or uh, refusal to, to uh, flow with these, with these experiences, but it means that we're no longer deluded by them, no longer taking them personally, no longer misinterpreting misunderstanding at all. So in terms of say uh, I found in my own life to because of the the powerful tendencies uh, and uh, the strong masculine tendencies and then the uh, there was a, a real I had to put forth enormous kind of attention to 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 be able to feel more, because a, a strong controlling, uh, powerful nature uh, is uh, was it tends to cut off. Is feeling is is not something that that uh, one inclines to, uh, but you can. But because of the reflection on on the suffering that comes from insensitivity and from just being lost in, 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 the, uh, in the power of one's body and in the, in the tendencies of one's mind, then you begin to balance out through, through opening your, your heart more towards, towards willing to feel, begin to notice, begin to reflect and and bring attention to the feelings that you're having, because you have them. You just, you, there's just the, not that you, that, that, you, that you, men don't feel things. It's uh, this is not much. Uh, they just may not notice the feeling. When you start noticing how how what the feeling is, and one begins to find 
of the balance between the extremes. And from that one assumes with, 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 with women to, because of the ex, ex, sensitivity and receptivity of their nature, to, to, uh, to be able to, to not just be stuck in a kind of floating realm of emotions, and, but to cut through it, not to suppress it, but to, to develop uh, the vipassana practice of seeing it in terms of dhamma, not to not take it and uh, not keep regarding it in such a personal way. Take the, the person, the me and mine, out of the sensitivity is a development in use of wisdom, developing the wisdom faculty. So this is uh, for your reflection and to, uh, to contemplate in this way I found very, very helpful. To ask yourself, what is what is the effect of of my of the body on the mind, a male body on the mind? What is it? What is the, this masculinity? And how does it affect the mind? What is the the effect of the male form and energy on the mind, and, or the female? And if you if you have a female body, what it, contemplate its effect on the mind? kind of uh, the, the nature of that body and its functions from the perspective of, of femininity and you begin to you're transcending the feminine not getting rid of it but you're, you're no longer assuming and, and convincing yourself that that's what you really are you're transcending into that into the universal rather than the particular conditioned uh, assumptions. So that's the aim of enlightenment, to get to that still point, the center of being, uh, where there's perfect awareness and understanding of the conditions that we experience in consciousness.